a lot of people think if the goal is fat loss, there's no need to strength train anymore or we need to change it up or we're just, you know, kind of doing the lighter weight, higher rep thing. And they just don't see value in that at that time. And it's like, this is the time we really need to be dialing in on this so that we can preserve whatever muscle we have, potentially maybe still build a little bit if you're in that window of being able to do that. And, you know, muscle is obviously going to help us burn calories at rest and then also give us shape after we lose that fat. I think so many people are still so confused that like you just lose fat and you are just going to look toned after automatically. If you didn't build anything ever, there's nothing's ever going to be there. Hey there, welcome to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited for every episode, but I'm excited for this episode because we are talking with Shannon Collins, the gym nurse. We've been trying to make this happen for a while, and I'm so glad that we finally have. So Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we were finally able to get this together. Why don't we start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself, how you became the gym nurse, how you got into this whole fitness thing. (laughs) So about six years ago, I decided to kind of go through my own body transformation. I was about 40 pounds heavier than I am now, and I was in a very like rough spot with my life. I had done my like annual physical with my employer. I'm a registered nurse. And in that, I had figured out that I was not going to qualify for the cheaper health insurance because I was overweight, my cholesterol was high, high blood pressure and all that. I knew things were not going well for me, but that was kind of like a big wake up call for myself. And that's when I decided that it was time for me to like make a change, a serious change with my health. Like what I was doing was clearly not working. I was going down a bad path with food and alcohol and all that. So I decided to make a change. And really all I wanted was to just lose like 10 pounds so I could qualify to get cheaper health insurance. And it just kind of like snowballed from there. Just the journey kept going and going and going. And here we are years later. So like none of this was planned, but it just kind of happened along the way. I was sharing my journey online on Instagram, not coaching anybody, just sharing what I'm doing, my workouts, what I'm eating. And people started asking, you know, about me coaching them and helping them. And it was like, well, I'm not really qualified. I I felt fine helping myself, but it wasn't like I I felt qualified to help others. So that's when I sought out doing different certifications and like learning more about helping other people, other populations, and started taking on clients. That was back like 2019, 2018. And kind of the rest is history. I'm a registered nurse, but I recently just retired from that, I guess, in May. I had been doing that all along, kind of both things for the longest time. And it was just getting too much to juggle. So just recently kind of dropped that off and I'm focusing fully on coaching and my training app and stuff like that. That's really cool. I love that it started off with qualifying for cheaper health insurance. That's, yeah. that's great. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was like, well... It was the change I needed. It was the wake up call I mm-hmm. needed. So we all have that kick in the pants in some form. And we're like, all right. And then it just snowballs. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I never obviously intended to go from there to what I'm doing now, but it just kind of happened. I fell in love with the process, fell in love with feeling good and looking better, obviously was a bonus and just no reason to stop, you know, no expiration date. No, there was no plan. There was no like goal date. So I think all of that helped help me get to where I am now. Yeah. I love it. We kind of have a similar start to where I was just, I was not a coach. I fell into the MLM 
air quotes coach thing for a minute, but I I just kind of was sharing what I was doing and then it just yeah, same. Picked up and through social media, met some very cool people who I've learned a lot from. They kind of set me on fire and put me on the straight and narrow. And and now a lot of them are on the team that I'm on, Team BFF with Beth Farako. We all met through social media. And right. now I'm a coach. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild how social media works like that, too. Just meeting all of these people all over the world and helping, you know, just trying to help and give advice to people. And you realize that, you know, you're kind of good at it. So it's like, hey, why not? You know, why not like look into this further? Mm -hmm. And I don't know you, but it's fun to have a sport too. Because like, I was never super great at any of the sports I tried growing up, except for horseback riding. I did dressage for a long, long time. And I was good at that. But (laughs) I, you know, stopped doing horses in college, etc. And it's nice to have something physical and totally agree. Yeah, I was not I get that question a lot. I was not athletic at all. I think people assume, you know, that people like us were like athletes. And, you know, it just was easy for us to kind of fall down this path. And it was like, that could not be more opposite of how I grew up and was very like timid and not not confident. And doing all of this has just totally changed my whole personality and, and confidence level. And, and it just feels good to be kind of good at something, you know, and I'm speaking specifically with like the training and stuff like that. The confidence you get from that. Now I get why everybody loves the whole sports thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the confidence is so huge. And we talk about it all the time. But if we could bottle that and sell it, we'd be millionaires and it would be amazing. Yeah. And I, I kind of just want to shake it into some people, but (laughs) you have to find it on your own. (laughs) Exactly. It's not something that just comes day one and, you know, just involves having to stick with the process, going through the day in, the day out and realizing that you can like accomplish hard things is just, it's something you can't explain to people. Like you just, you got to live it out. And once you start feeling it, it's like, all right, I'm not going back. Yeah. Yeah. Never stopping. So you mentioned that you learned to love the process or you fell in love with the process. And that's a phrase I hear all the time. We just have to learn to love the process. What would you say if somebody asked you, like, how? How do you do that? Because I feel like it's kind of a vague statement that people don't really understand. Right. Yeah. And a lot of it is just like living it out and feeling the difference. Like my life before was very different. It was lots of bad food choices, drinking alcohol, like multiple times a week, very like stressed out, depressed, anxious, no, no walking, very focused. Any exercise I did was more focused on like just sweating as much as I could, but never really changing. So just implementing these different things over the years, it was like you started to finally see some change. And to me, that was motivating. And it was like, I want more of this. I want, you know, I love the way it's making me feel. I'm finally able to sleep. I'm finally able to not be stressed out and anxious and depressed. I'm looking better. People are noticing that I'm changing all of it was was just like, you know, why would I want to stop this? You know, why would I want to go back and change? So that was my motivation to just kind of keep going and going. And it's like, you know, when you're just putting in the time, making those deposits every day, it's just going to continue to build. Like, it's not like it just, it stops. So even though it's been years of doing it, it all adds up over time. So it's just about slowly changing that lifestyle like definitely was not like going from what I was to what I'm doing now overnight like that's a a mistake I think a lot of people make is they think they have to like literally change everything Mm -hmm. and it's so overwhelming and it's like you're not going to be able to stick with that so it's like just baby stepping your way making these small changes mastering them and then naturally wanting more. Like you're like, okay, I'm good at this now. What more can I do? Like, what more can I tackle? You know, what am I more comfortable taking on? So yeah, it's, it's, it's just something that's kind of gradually built up. And now it's like, 
you can't imagine going back to any of that. Like it just, you're a different person now, you know, there's those, you don't have to think about those decisions as hard every single day. They just, they just are, they're part of your routine and your life. One of the things I really, really appreciate about you is that you are really transparent about the the time, as you said, yeah. that you've put in. Can you speak a little bit about that? Because we all know it. We've seen these before and afters with no more context and no like, okay, where are they two years later? And so people have these expectations that, well, this is how it is. Like one and done, lose some fat, boom, completely everything's changed and I'm fine and I look the way I want to look. Yeah, it's like it couldn't be farther from the truth. It's so much time, so many different stages of nutrition along the way, like never staying in one place. People have such unrealistic expectations about what is supposed to be happening. And social media is a huge problem with that, showing, you know, these quick transformations. You see these people change so quickly and it's like, okay, but what are they going to look like in a year? You know, how are they, how are they going, getting out of this diet now? And how are they going to maintain that? And people don't see that. They just see, they just see these after photos and they think, you know, that's what they want. They think that's normal. And it really isn't normal to be that extreme and have these extreme transformations in 12 weeks or whatever. It's completely normal for everything to just take time do things slowly, the right way. I posted yesterday, it was like, my weight has been up and down and up and down, but all for like the greater good of what is happening now. You know, there's like a reason for everything. It's just all part of the the overall plan and having to be patient and trust the process that while you may not love the way you look like every second, every day, you are continuing to like build that future body. So it just, all the steps are important to get there. Mm -hmm. What are some of the biggest mistakes besides time that you see people making in the quest for the look, the physique, which for the listeners is the common term toned, which just you have muscle when you're lean enough to see it. But what are some of the mistakes you see people making around that? I feel like the biggest thing I see is people just kind of constantly wanting to do the two for one deal with always staying in a lower calorie range, thinking that they're going to lose fat and still build muscle at the same time. So it's like, you know, they're in the gym, they're kind of doing the right things, but they don't have the nutrition set to really meet those goals. They're past the point of really losing much fat anymore but then they're completely under eating to build any sort of muscle. So they just stay at these like low calorie ranges indefinitely. And then they're wondering why nothing's happening with their body. So it's just getting women to understand that like, we really need to separate these goals and tackle them separately. Take, you know, periods of time for fat loss, devote it to that. And don't expect much with your muscle, if you are in calorie deficit, like our goal is to just kind of maintain what we have, hopefully, but like, don't be expecting your muscles to be like getting big and huge when you're not eating much. And then when we should be transferring out of that to maintenance, which is where we should be spending the majority of our time, that's the time when we work on the muscle and we should be expecting to see some changes with that and our strength muscles, you know, popping out a little bit more. But during that time, you shouldn't be expecting to be losing fat. It's like, I think people are, they're confused about what is supposed to be happening during different times. It's like, they just think it's an endless cycle of like, I'm I should be losing fat, but then also like looking tone all the time. You know, that might work for a beginner for a little bit where you can see them you know, lose some body fat and maybe get some shape to those muscles, but that's not going to be working forever and ever for most of us. So we got to separate our goals. Our nutrition has to align with those goals. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing. It's like, I'm talking to women who are like, they've been eating 1500 calories, low, you know, low calories for years. And they're like wondering why nothing changes and 
why they probably feel like crap all the time. And it's like, you gotta, you gotta give your body some fuel to make those changes. It doesn't just happen from nothing. I think a lot of people think if the goal is fat loss, there's no need to strength train anymore, or we need to change it up or we're just, you know, kind of doing the lighter weight, higher rep thing. And they just don't see value in that at that time. And it's like, trying to reinforce that this is the time we really need to be dialing in on this so that we can preserve whatever muscle we have, potentially maybe still build a little bit if you're in that window of being able to do that. And, you know, muscle is obviously going to help us burn calories at rest and then also give us shape after we lose that fat. I think so many people are still so confused that like you just lose fat and you are just going to look tone after automatically. If you didn't build anything ever, there's nothing's ever going to be there. So I think a lot of people have to learn that the hard way, like they have to live that out and see that for themselves. Like, oh, it really didn't have much muscle as I thought after that cut. So, yeah. you know, and it's same. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there. You think, oh, I've been doing this for a year. I should have, they're expecting to look like a bikini competitor after one dieting session. And it's like, sorry, it, it doesn't really work like that. Like nothing's wrong with you. It just takes this long. Yeah. That's the thing that gets me the most fired up probably about just all the misconceptions about everything, diet and exercise. It's like, you're not broken. You're just, right. I'm sorry, but you're just not doing it quite properly. And we can adjust it and fine tune it, but there's nothing wrong with you. You're, mm -hmm. you're fine. It's just the actions have to line up with the goals. And you've been told all these things and have believed it. It's not necessarily your fault, but specifics have to be there if you have specific goals, which that's what getting toned is. Yeah. And people's timelines are just so off. You know, they, mm -hmm. I get messages from people and they're like, I've been doing this for a year. And it's like, I know that feels like it's a long time, but really, and I look back at pictures of myself after like a year and I, I don't look like I'm really in shape at all, you know? So it's like, it just takes a long time, like years upon years of going through this. And it doesn't mean that nothing is happening along the time, along the way. It's just, it's, it's slow. And that's why it's so important to like take pictures of yourself. It's easy for me to take pictures of myself because I'm on doing this as a career, you know, um, I think other people have a really hard time with taking progress photos of themselves, you know, they think it's very awkward, they don't like it, but it's like, they speak volumes. And it's those pictures that like can carry you through those tough times, because the scale is not always going to give you that answer you want. So, you know, it often makes people want to give up because they don't think enough change is happening. They only associate the scale going down with being progress. And it's like they could be having all sorts of physical changes that they're just not even seeing because they don't document the process. Yeah. Oh, those pictures are huge. And it's amazing how resistant people are to them. And I yeah. I understand it because, like you said, it's awkward. And like I, I've said before, like I don't have an aversion to them. I just forget unless I put them on my calendar. Right. But it's interesting because I feel like people have this idea that if they take the pictures – then they have to look at them and pour over them and pick out all the things that they don't like instead of just taking that data. It's like the scale, except, you know, not yeah. as consistent. They take the data and instead of just logging it as data, putting it in a folder on your phone, just leaving it there. The automatic next step is to just stare at it. Overanalyze and pick yeah. it apart. Yes. And completely unnecessary. It is like you said, it's like you should just take them and, and store them and leave them. And really, mm -hmm. you don't even need to look at those until you're looking back, comparing other ones. That's one of the hardest things I have clients doing is getting the pictures. Like it is pulling teeth, even on people I've been working with for a while. Nobody likes it, but they've saved us so many times because it's like, okay, you can't deny this, you yeah. know, the before and after, and maybe the weight has dropped like two pounds, which to them is like nothing, 
even though to me, anything is great. But when they can finally see those visual changes, they're like, thank God, you know, that keeps people motivated. So yeah, I I can't stress pictures enough. And anybody, a lot lot of people are self-coached or just doing it on their own. So of course they just don't think about that. Most of us, most coaches are making you kind of do those things. Man, the scale, man, the scale. A scale to scale. Yeah. It's like the never ending conversation, that and motivation. But yeah, I was in a calorie deficit off and on for this year because I, I built for the majority of 2022 and then have done chunks of a calorie deficit this year. And there was a period of like five or six weeks where the scale only went down, only went down like two pounds. And yep. I talked about it on my stories because I was like, how many people see only two pounds? And get really discouraged. But then also, you don't have the picture, so you can't actually see what's happening. You assume nothing's happening because you're only looking at the one data point. But like I had the pictures and I can tell like when I'm walking around and doing stuff, I put my hands on my hips a lot of the time. I can feel the difference. I can see the difference in the pictures. But if you don't have those, you don't know. And so (laughs) my little soapbox is you're not allowed to complain that nothing's happening because you don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. I've had to say that too. A lot of clients refuse to give them to me, even after asking and asking. It's like, we're not seeing the full picture. I know when I did my last cut a couple of years ago, I don't think the scale went down for like three weeks in the beginning, didn't move. But like the pictures were so obvious that I was like tightening up, which it's like, yeah, I don't know how to explain that. Like why the weight isn't going down, but like looking leaner, it was very obvious. So it was like, yes, obviously this is working. And even now, like, I don't know if you saw my picture yesterday, but I'm taking testosterone and they told me I was probably going to have some water retention and my weight is up about four pounds, which to some people that would be like, oh my God, life is over. And then for the first time yesterday, I like went and found a picture from before, like recently, like right before I started it. And I almost look leaner now, like four (laughs) pounds heavier. You have to take that scale as a grain of salt. It really is not telling the full story of like your body composition and what's going on. Weight from fat versus weight from muscle is going to look completely different. (laughs) Yeah. So many women could benefit so much more from adding pounds of muscle on their body versus losing five pounds of fat. Their views are still so skewed about all of that. They just associate all weight gain with being bad. That's so not the case for so many people. You need more muscle on your frame to look better. No amount of fat loss is going to help you at this point, you know. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the many never-ending battles. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's just getting people to buy into that, you know? And Mm -hmm. I do feel like women are thankfully starting to get it and understand more of the, like, health benefits of it, that this isn't just about, like, trying to look good. This is about, like, long-term health and, like, do you want to be able to take care of yourself for the rest of your life? Or do you want to be frail and potentially fall and be in a nursing home? That's not the life I want to live. I want to be like taking care of myself and be strong and sturdy for as long as I can. So that's been, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, but it's like, that's kind of like my like focus and goal at this point is like just making sure I'm like healthy aging. But in the meantime, your body is going to look better in the process of that. There's no way it's not going to change when you are contributing that time to building muscle. Yeah. Isn't that funny how that all works out? And I was thinking the other day, I'm not going to name any names, but all of these health and wellness guru types that are always talking about some crazy fad, IV drips and coffee till noon and trying to, you know, stave off the hunger and bone broth for lunch and whatever. Some of you can probably guess who I'm talking about. Right. And I feel kind of bad saying this, but it's the truth. Like they don't look well. They don't look healthy. They don't look like they're going to age strong. No. Because it's not, again, actions are not lining up. 
Yeah. They don't lift substantial amounts of weight. They don't have a balanced diet. They don't, you know, it's just so restrictive. And years and years of that is showing in these people. Yeah, that's definitely, it's like my biggest fear to be like a frail, older, thin, you know, mm-hmm. skinny, older woman, you know, I trim, I see trim was the word yeah. for me growing uh, up. <laughs> I see a lot of them in the gym. And I'm just like, Oh, my gosh, they just, you know, they look like they're one trip away from falling. And it's just, it's not what I want. So a lot of my focus now is just like, trying to age well and prevent injury and stuff in the future, setting myself up for success. Now, now is the time, you know, it's like, I wish I could have done so many of these things I'm doing now when I was 20, I think about like, man, where would I be now if I did this when I was 20? So I don't want to be thinking about those things when I'm 60 or 70. So now I'm doing them. I want to be one of those people who's like, yep, I did them when I was 40. So this is the payoff now, you know, there's no need to backtrack and what it could have should have. Yeah, that's huge. And I, I see that emerging, at least in our team BFFs clientele, the majority of them is probably 40 and over. But the things they want to work on is they want to age strong, they want to be strong, they want to be around. And some of it is fat loss, a lot of it is fat loss. A lot of it is dealing with the emotions around food, but a lot of it is I want to be strong. I want to be able to take care of myself when I'm older. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's exciting to me because I also see those people. I live in a fairly older neighborhood and I see people and people in my family too who just, they're they're not strong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's sad. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but it it, it yeah. is a real problem. No, I- I see it in my own family and you're just, and I've heard that from other people that they see their family member going down this path and they don't want to be like that. It's kind of motivation to change. And it's so awesome now because I have younger daughters in high school and they're really promoting strength training in these younger years now, which I just think is so cool because they didn't do that. I know when I was in school, I don't know if they did that for you, but really promoting like the weightlifting and the importance of that with the sports and how that helps them at their sport and getting them to understand that. And it's, this isn't about trying to be skinny and trying to shrink down. This is about providing muscle to your body so you can be better at your sport and seeing all sorts of like younger college girls in my gym and stuff, lifting weights, not on the cardio machines has been like, I just love that. Yeah. It's so empowering. Yeah, I didn't have that growing up either. I mean, I had a weird schooling. I was homeschooled, but in a co-op, so kind of school, kind of homeschooled. But we didn't have sports, so we didn't have that. And yeah, it's really cool to see that wave shift. I don't know if that's the right term, but for people wanting to be strong instead of shrink, which I feel like is it's happening more in the younger and slightly less, but still happening in the older, which is it's pretty exciting. Absolutely. Yes. And just getting people, girl, young girls too, like not afraid of the gym environment. Like, yeah, that's such a fear for some women my age now, the fear of being in the gym and like, I, you know, embarrassed about being a beginner or, or whatever people like staring at you and stuff like that. And if you can just expose these people young and let them understand that this is a safe place and everybody belongs here and everybody's at different levels and nobody really cares what you're doing. You're, everybody's just trying to better themselves. Most normal people aren't here to critique and, you know, look at other people. They're just concerned about their own journey. Can't stress that. And <laughs> yeah. That's another another thing I hate about social media is those videos of the the people, usually girls, who are just repeatedly acting like everyone's out to get them at the gym, which, yes. you know, does it happen? Yes. Does it happen as often as they say it does? I don't believe it. <laughs> right. I totally don't either. Yeah. And like the majority of people at the gym are just also happy you're there. And some of the biggest, beefiest dudes are the nicest people in the world. Right. That's a good topic, though, especially leading into the new year. What would you say to people about gym anxiety and overcoming that? 
Yeah. Thankfully, I never experienced that because I also thankfully grew up in an environment where my parents did train. And so I was like in a gym as a kid, like was exposed to the the child watch or whatever. So like it was just normal for me to think that like adults went to a gym. But yes, for women who don't, you know, have that belief system, it's just stressing that everybody's here just to better themselves. Nobody is caring about you like you think they are. I do think there are in every gym, there's usually kind of like safer areas that are maybe like tucked away that you can maybe like start off in where you feel maybe more comfortable, like off to yourself. Like my gym has all these little, little coves with mirrors where you can kind of be off to yourself doing dumbbells and stuff like that. And then as you just feel like you're safer there and that it's okay. It's like, you know, experiment with branching out to then maybe the machines and going through that process. And you see all sorts of levels there too. So I think, I mean, unless you're going to like a full out bodybuilder gym, like I'm just going to a regular commercial gym. So I'm seeing like elder, like way elderly people to young to middle-aged moms you kind of see other people are on different levels and there's lots of people who are like you too, you know, who maybe seem like they're beginners and you just get more comfortable with everything and just continue to kind of branch out to the different areas. I think also following a program from somebody would be helpful. If you are just going into it blind, you know, then it's going to be like, you literally know nothing that is going to be intimidating. And like, what do I even do? How do I even use this? I also tell people to utilize the personal trainers in the gym, set up a couple sessions with them where they can like show you the lay of the land and show you how to use maybe some of those complicated machines and get you used to you know, how to adjust them and what's the appropriate like heights and settings for you. To me, that is totally worth paying a couple sessions for until you feel comfortable. And then also just, it's okay to ask people questions there. Like I have had so many people ask me how to use something. How can I watch their form? It doesn't happen all the time, but like it's happened and I'm more than happy to help people. Like I've had to ask other people for help on a machine that was like stuck, you know, and Mm -hmm. I have never once had somebody look at me and be like, no, no, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I just think, I think people are, people in the gym are good people and they want to be there. They understand that everybody was like a beginner at one point. It would be really rare to come in contact with somebody who's like nasty and there for the wrong reasons. Totally agree with all of that. Yeah. And as you go and, you know, maybe ask people some questions, you might even start making some friends that are like genuinely really happy to see you every time you're there. Like I have some friends now that and I I like started the conversation because I was like, hey, can I ask where you got your shoes? Because she had the lifting shoes and I didn't have them. Still don't. I use wedges. (laughs) But (laughs) I was like, where did you get those? And she was more than happy to share. And then I have other friends who everyone's just pumped to have you there. And it's not like we hang out and waste a bunch of time every time we're there. Like people also understand that you're there to put the work in and then move on with your day. (laughs) It's just gym culture is cool. Normal, commercial, average Joe gym culture is cool. I've never been to a filming gym or a bodybuilding gym, so I can't speak to that. But like I've been in normal people gyms. People are cool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I agree. I talk to women in the locker room. I feel like I've made friends with people, but like I also still keep to myself. Like I don't go there mm-hmm. for social time, you know? Yeah. But like same. <laughs> I'm very like friendly with the women that I see every day. Mm-hmm. Hey, how are you doing? And the same thing, like, oh, where'd you get your shoes? I love your outfit, that type of stuff. Like, you know, and those would be p- people you'd feel comfortable asking, you know, for help or something if something did pop up or whatever. But yeah, it's, I think it's an unwarranted fear to be afraid of the gym in general. I just think if you were a a parent, I think it's another good example that you can provide your kids that like, this is what we do and we go here and we exercise to better ourselves. And then 
you can get your kids and like I'm now getting my kids involved in it and like explaining the process to them. So then they don't have to like have those kind of concerns and fears when they're 30, 40 years old, Mm -hmm. passing the torch to them. My gym has a daycare too. And I, I love it. Yeah. It's just a thing. Mom and sometimes couples come in together, mom and dad go to the gym. One of my people, every time she drops her daughter off, she's like, mommy's going to go be strong. Yeah. She's going to go be strong. And I'm yeah. going to steal that for when I right. have kids because mommy's going to go be strong. This is mommy's time to go be strong. Exactly what you need to say to young girls. They pick up on and absorb everything that you're doing. The right words around all of it are so important. Mm-hmm. Shifting gears a little bit to like the food relationship conversation, because that is also language that people pass on to their kids unknowingly. What would you say to kind of foster a healthy, balanced relationship with food in your kids as they grow up? Yeah, that's been huge for me. Just making sure that the dialogue is and the narrative you are in control of and explaining, you know, you're potentially in fat loss or whatever not explaining that to the degree of not being happy with your body and not tearing, you know, not ever sharing thoughts about you're not happy with the way you look or needing to lose fat more about I'm doing this because I want to make sure I'm fueling my body appropriately, getting enough protein and vegetables so that I can be strong in the gym or be a better mom, be better at my job, stuff like that really making sure that you aren't ever having that negative talk around your kids. Like, I don't want you to ever have it, but I think some people are way too free with letting their whole family know how they feel about their body and like picking apart their body. And I just, I can't think of anything worse for your kids to to hear. And I have clients who, who still have, who are older than me, who have vivid memories of their mother's dieting and, their thoughts about foods and stuff like that. And just understanding that they are always listening, watching, and that you control the narrative around this so that it's, if you don't want your kids to be growing up in the same thing you were exposed to, hearing all of that negative self-talk and uh, negative talk about foods that you, you have to be so careful about the way you talk about all of it. No good foods, no bad foods. We eat certain things because they nourish our body. These are the things that are going to help us feel our best, you know, portion control with with different foods and just not placing any like negative focus on this is good or bad type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important. That's another very exciting and empowering thing that I I see in a lot of clients, but also like people I talk to on social media is like they want to break that cycle for their kids. They don't want their kids to go through the same thing that they went through when they were when they were kids. I mean, that just makes me happy because (laughs) that cycle's got to be broken. Yeah, I hear that a lot, too. And it makes me really sad because I, I guess I feel lucky that I wasn't exposed to any of that. And that might be the reason why I am the way I am today and like not so food focused and like food fear because I'm now understanding how like impactful that was on these women and like the comments they've shared to me about, you know, their parents making comments about their body and comments about food and just how damaging that is. And you are in control now. So you you can stop that cycle moving forward with your kids. You don't have to live out that same path. It's been very eye-opening. It's like, man, you you never understood. I never understood how like powerful that could be on somebody, but it's like when they're talking about it, literally like 40 years later, it's like, yes, it clearly, it clearly has impacted their whole life. Yeah. Is there anything that's been itching your brain to put out into the ear? Yeah, I guess just one thing I have thought about, or I've got Q&As every week, and just wanting to stress the importance of like, things don't have to be so complicated to meet your goals. People, they're really searching for like, 
a very complicated, detailed answer or like a secret. And honestly, the basics are are all we need. I know that's not like the answer people want to hear. They want things to be harder. So it's like, you know, I'm getting all these detailed questions about the perfect macro breakdown or do you walk on an incline or do you walk flat or is your speed, yeah. you know, like 2.0 or are you doing 4.0 or nutrient timing with your food and getting exactly 30 grams of protein with each meal. And we don't, we don't need to focus on all of these like nitty gritty things when we're just starting off. Let's just get the basics in play, eating more protein, eating more fiber, fruits and veggies. Let's walk. Our speed doesn't matter. Our incline doesn't matter. Let's focus on getting sleep every night instead of scrolling the internet. Get our hydration in. Drink water instead of alcohol. (laughs) Cut the booze down. These and then obviously our, our training these things, these changes are are going to add up and help you. They are you will you will be progressing if you are doing these things. There's no way that somebody's doing all of these things and they're just having no change. Change will be happening. And you don't have to focus on these nitty-gritty things until you kind of have this stuff mastered. And then maybe you want to expand and think about, okay, do I want to like think about doing different doses of protein at different meals and breaking it up in a different way. But things just don't have to be so complicated at the start and really ever, (laughs) ever. (laughs) I've never overcomplicated anything. And right now I am totally intuitive eating. And I think that blows people's mind that I'm just, I'm just eating. Yeah. Maybe some days my protein is like, 110 grams. Maybe the next day it's 140. It's like they can't get that. They think things have to be so rigid to meet your goals. And it's just not that way. Like your body is a lot more resilient than you think and can kind of go with the flow with things. And it doesn't have to be that hard. Just living out the basic practices is going to get you really far. Yeah. That's an interesting topic, the moving into intuitive eating. And I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of people, and I've had a handful of new people come to me this month as one-on-ones saying like, I don't want to be doing this forever. Yeah. I don't want to be doing this forever. And we have the conversation about, well, yes, yes, that is the goal, but you have to put in that time first. So you learn how, and then you can eventually transition. That's like postdoc territory. We're in kindergarten right now, and you have to be okay with that. Right. That's huge. But also the the point that you made about like, you're just eating. It doesn't have to be that micromanaged. And that is, it's very true that people have a really hard time grasping that because it's like been hammered at them for so long that they have to be doing something. They have to be micromanaging something, whether it's calories or macros or like no carbs or no fats or whatever, name it, you know, (laughs) it has to be, you know, they have to have a death grip on something. Yes. And I think that's really comforting to hear for a lot of people. And I know we only have like a few minutes left here, but what would you say to somebody who might want to start not tracking or wean themselves off of it? And we could probably talk about it for a while, but (laughs) just, just in a few minutes. So yeah, I totally agree. I don't want people to ever track their food forever. I think it's it's a great tool to use during different times, especially like a calorie deficit. And I will, you know, if I ever decide to do fat loss again, I would implement tracking my food during that time because we know that's probably the most effective way to make sure you are where you need to be to meet your goal and and get it done quick because I don't want to hang there forever and guess if I'm in, am I in deficit? Am I not, you know, so get it done. But yeah, it's like, you got to learn those, you got to learn those practices and learn about your food during that time. I think a lot of people, they're tracking their food, but they're not really like absorbing what is in their food at the time. Like while they're doing it, it's like, you really need to be looking at these labels when you're tracking them and like kind of understanding what's in them. 
So after a few years of doing it, it was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be doing this all the time. I have young girls who are in high school. I don't want them to be seeing me tracking and weighing my food all the time. You know, like that is a big thing for me. So I kind of just slowly like would wean it off. A lot of times I'll tell people like if they're burnout with the tracking, like and the weighing part of it, maybe still track your food but you're not actually like weighing out all the portions. So you're doing more of like an eyeball approach, but still entering that stuff into your into your tracker and seeing where that gets you. If that's keeping you on your goals, then great, continue on with it. And I suggest this in maintenance. I don't suggest people doing this. Like if you have a true goal of fat loss, like things need to be dialed in a little bit further. Yeah, put in that time, get it done. <laughs> yeah, and maintenance. You know, it's like if you're doing that and and things are fine, you're maintaining, then you're doing a good job. If you're not, you're noticing that like the scale is going up then it's like, okay, maybe we need to dial in a little bit more and kind of backtrack. But from there, I typically have clients, you may start with a, you know, one meal that they don't track. It's like eat similar to what you always have. It doesn't have to be some special meal, just a meal. Most of us have like a set of meals that we eat throughout a week. You know, you're just kind of repeating that. You're not, you're not making it into a cheat meal. You're not all of a sudden throwing all of your practices out the window. You're just eating a similar meal to how you always would. People just get really wrapped up thinking like if they don't know the portion, they don't know the, the weight, the, the exact gram of protein that all of a sudden their goals are just going to like explode in front of their face. It's not like that. Your body, your body can go with the flow a lot more than you think. So, you know, starting with a meal and then moving to a day that we don't track and then maybe a weekend and kind of expanding upon that. Some clients that I have in maintenance, I have them track like three days a week. So it's like part time so that we're still kind of there and making sure. But then those other days, they're just totally on their own and implementing the same practices. So it's like we're eating those same foods that we always have but we're just not putting them in a database anymore. We're just calling it good. We're not trying to mentally track up in our head all day. We're just eating like we always have and not all of a sudden throwing basic practices out the window and and moving along. And you start to live that out and realize, oh, wow, my body, my body's doing fine. I'm maintaining, I, I can live like this. You know, you get the confidence that you can, do it and keep going. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it definitely takes, it definitely takes putting in that work beforehand Yeah, and really understanding, you know, ideally, I mean, most importantly, it's like kind of understanding what amount of protein do I need in a day? And the other things can kind of just build around that, but it's like, what types of food do I need to eat in a day to meet my protein? You know, my eggs in the morning, my, some sort of chicken or beef at, lunch and dinner and a protein shake and just repeating that, but not tracking it. Mm -hmm. It's an earned skill for sure, but it's definitely possible. Yeah. A lot of people just have it set in their head that like when they're not tracking, it's, it's like free for all style. Yeah. And then maintenance didn't work, right? (laughs) Yes. You got to get that out of your head. Maintenance does not mean free for all. Maintenance does not mean every meal is a cheat meal. Maintenance still takes some self-control. Maintenance still means we're going to be hungry at times in between meals. We're not going to be walking around stuffed and satisfied every second of our life. So yeah, it's just learning those behaviors as you're as you're doing them. It takes time. It all takes time. <laughs> One more thing that takes time, right? Yeah. Everybody's favorite. Everybody's yeah. favorite thing. Not the answer anybody wants to hear, but reality. Yeah. I appreciated your reel or post this morning about the snacking because I really... (laughs) I will die on that hill. We fight together. (laughs) Eat bigger meals. (laughs) That's like a mind-blown situation for people. And another thing I get in my Q&A all the time, what snacks, what snacks, high-protein snacks. I was laughing so hard because I just had my Q&A yesterday and... 
I don't know how to help you guys with snacks. I don't snack. Like yeah. <laughs> eat bigger meals. You will not be sorry. Every person I turn to eating bigger meals all of a sudden can start meeting their goals because they're they're filled by their meals. They're not tempted by eating snacks and going overboard and never satisfied by food. It's yeah. just a lot. It's, it's, so, it's a time saver too having to plan all these snacks all the all the time and these different eating for real <laughs> people think tracking is hard i mean it's a lot easier when you're not trying to input 15 different snacks every day right right yeah. like let's make life as easy as possible yeah. make bigger meals get filled up by your meals it's normal to have a filling meal your meal should be lasting you 4 to 5 hours then yes, you're hungry before the meal. You eat another big filling meal. <laughs> and and I do have dessert every night. So like, mm-hmm. yes, I, dessert is a, is a must. But all these in-between snacks, I advise against them. And it's Overrated. saving money too, honestly. You're not yeah. buying all of that. <laughs> you're buying all that, like those random crackers and whatever things, mm-hmm. proteins to try and get the numbers up. Yeah. Speaking of protein, beef up your meals with protein, and then you won't need to find all these high protein snacks to try to fill in the gaps. Yes. Yes. I know. It's It, it blows a lot of people's mind. And it's like, I think some people think that they literally cannot live without a snack. Like they're, yeah. like, you're do, like you're doing harm to your body. It's like, no, you're okay. Like you don't, you don't need to have a snack and you won't need to have a snack if you actually eat a legitimate breakfast. So (laughs) it takes time. (laughs) It takes time to figure it out and live it out. And I did the same thing where I was thinking, oh, I need to eat every two hours. I did that forever in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Well, you got to stoke that metabolic fire, right? Isn't that the thing that's left over from? (laughs) Yeah. Right. And then I started eating three meals a day when I was intuitive eating and just stopped with all that. And I was like, wow, (laughs) this is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Funny how that works. Mm-hmm. Well, it was great to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Shannon, for your time and your wisdom and willingness to share it. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate you and your your content. It's a breath of fresh air. Oh, <laughs> thank you. It really is. I appreciate it. Before we go, tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram and work with you potentially. And you have an app, right? I do. So yeah, you can find everything on Instagram, which my handle is the gym nurse. And then my website is thegymnurse.com. Everything's on there too. Awesome. I'll link it all in the show notes too. So people can just clicky click and get on over there. But thanks again, Shannon. Yeah. Nice to talk to you. I'll see you soon. Talk to you soon on the gram. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice. <laughs>